the question that often comes uh, comes up from students is, what do you mean when you say dynasty? Right. What do you mean when you say dynasty? See, the king stay the king, right? So how do you get to be the king? Y'all don't know how to play chess, do you? So? So? So nothing, man. Look, I'll teach y'all if y'all want to learn. Brandon Marion Lee. You can find her at Brandon, her FFB on Twitter. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, I'm here. What's up? What's up? I'm so excited to get this show on the road. I mean, I've I followed you the past, I think it was four years, but at least three. <laughs> you know, you and your sisters, right? That was with your sisters. You started her fantasy football. Yeah. And um, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. And I was like, goodness, I got to get her on the show one day. I got to I got to do something with her. She's just you know, smart. Her mind is just wow. And then what do you know? It worked out and I ended up winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, winning is uh, always good. I don't know if, I don't know who's the winner here though, man, you or me. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a good show and we'll both win. How's that? Hey, that works for me. Look, I got my buddy Lucas on the show. He, uh, he's with sleeper wire as well. What's going on, Lucas? Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Thank you. I really do love three-person shows because it's almost like you could get in an argument and have not just one or two sides. You get all sides of that argument. Uh, The one player that we will probably get on an argument with is Ronald Jones, who I know you have touted your love for over this offseason, Brandon. Yeah. What do you not like about Ronald Jones? I'm confused. (laughs) He's just... He's small for me. You know, he's just a small running back, and I don't think he can. Now, look, he produced in college. He's six foot, 200 pounds. Right. But his frame is just the way he runs. I just, I'm seeing Amir Abdullah all over again. Oh, come on now. <laughs> That's insane. No. I mean, more than anything, for me, it's about volume. I'm all about landing spot. I know that this is not popular in the dynasty circles, but I just think that um, it's incredibly important that we understand where the person lands. Tampa Bay was giving Jaquiz Rogers 20-plus touches a game. What are they going to do with Ronald Jones? They're going to give him a ton of touches. So um, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, he's going to get the work. Uh, And uh, there are some concerns about him in the passing game, but really it was just that he didn't have the opportunity. He only saw 14 targets, but he caught 13 of them. So it's kind of an unknown. It's not necessarily it is bad. They just didn't use him in that way. And frankly, I think that's actually an indictment of Sam Darnold more than it is of Ronald Jones. So, uh, you know, what have you. But, you know, for me, anyone who averages over 3.5 yards after contact is someone that needs to be noticed. Right. Look, we look at those stats. We look at college stats to basically guess production. Uh, that's until the rookie plays, finally. And I, I'm with you on that. I could totally be wrong with that. I'm going to be the first person at the front of the line saying, we don't know anything in the offseason about these rookies. Saquon Barkley could be a huge bust. Now, is it likely? No. Yeah. It's very unlikely. But we've seen it happen. We've seen people that come out of college these are still kids they're highly touted 
kids coming out of college and then bam, something happens or they bust. Ronald Jones could be the best running back out of this draft class. I'm I'm sure at one point in people's heads he was. I mean, he did things at USC that was reminiscent of Reggie Bush a little bit. Not on the receiving side, but the running side. Um, I just, I like Peyton Barber. I'm a Peyton Barber guy. And this is a guy, and it's probably more of the story I'm in love with. You know, comes in looking like he's going to be cut, and then he ends up in his last five games not having fewer than 50 yards and breaking 100 yards for one of the games. He's similar to uh, Ronald Jones in his speed. Uh, they both have little burst in my eyes, but he's a little bit stronger. He's 5'10", 228, a little bit thicker than Jones. Do you think a committee is a possibility, or do you think Ronald Jones is going to get featured? I believe Ronald Jones is going to get featured, but um, I, that doesn't mean that Peyton Barber will get zero work. Uh, he got some work when they were feeding Jaquiz, too, and vice versa. So I, I'm not you know, going to say that there's zero work. I'm completely out on Charles Sims. It's been a long time since that's been productive. Uh, that's just not a thing. So I could see them sharing. I just don't think that you take Ronald Jones where you took him to just have him hanging out. You know, and I, I don't have a problem with Peyton Barber, but I think he's more of a handcuff. Uh, I have been getting Peyton Barber, though, late in drafts if I'm taking Ronald Jones, just in case. Because also, we don't know about health. We don't know about, you know, how these guys are going to go, you know, I guess. But I, I still think it's probably going to be Ronald Jones. I was very excited when he got that um, landing spot. You know, landing spot to me, and I know this isn't popular again in dynasty circles, is everything. You just, if you're not going to get the opportunity, it doesn't matter how talented you are on tape. If you're not on the field, who cares? I know, yeah, maybe four or five years from now they might get on the field. It's very rare that someone breaks out four to five years into their career, and this is kind of my problem with Jarek McKinnon. This is my problem with a lot of people, you know, is that at a certain point we have to let it go. We have to let go of the spark score. This is, you know, the Christian Michael truthers out there and what have you. I'm just not that person. I'm very much about context, which is what we talked about with me being a pragmatist. And that means that I look at the team. And in my opinion, especially after the Jameis Winston suspension, they're going to run, run, run. And that's what they want to do. Look, you hit the nail on the head. I'm with you on landing spot. And I'm probably the biggest... Dynasty myth debunker out there, but I am 100% behind landing spot because landing spot matters. That's the, that's the clearest thing to success is landing spot. Look at Royce Freeman. Yep. He landed in Denver. Love Royce Freeman. But going back to – you brought up Jarek McKinnon, so I'm going to have to fast track, go fast forward to – kind of later on in the show when I would bring this up, but Lucas and I talked about it. Lucas, explain again why you think Jerick McKinnon just yeah, yeah, I don't even know how to say it. Well, you know, we, we've seen a lot of two-back systems work, and last year when Cooks went down, it was the most beautiful scenario that McKinnon could have walked into because he's there with Latavius Murray. He has a bruiser. He has someone to wear down that defensive line and also the Vikings had one of the best O-lines so between Latavius Murray and the O-line and then Thielen having his career season and then Diggs stretching the field also it was a very beautiful scenario for McKinnon to step into the guy's 5'8", 5'9", he's he's your kind of x-factor player he can catch but he's not a guy who's likely going to be able to sustain 20 to 25 touches a game 
with a completely new offense that there's just so many unknowns. He's he's just not going to be the bell cow that warrants a middle second round draft pick. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. When he was in the third round and everyone was taking running backs early, I thought, hmm, okay. But I, I, if the guy hasn't gone over 570 rushing yards yet in four years of a career, okay, Thank you. we, we have <laughs> Thank some you. sample size here. People act like, yeah, because not only was last year a good example, but how about the downfall of Adrian Peterson? Yes. And when Adrian Peterson yes. was injured, he didn't yes. step up down either. So are the Vikings just morons? I mean, is that what we're saying? Are we just going to assume that the Vikings were 100% wrong? He could not beat Latavius Murray to be the lead back at the Minnesota Vikings last year. That's the fact. Now, I'm not saying that he can't do it because there's a part of me, too, that's like landing spot. The uh, the idea of touches, the idea of Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, those things are important, too. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's difficult because I'm also looking at it saying, but he, if he hasn't done it in four years – I think only Michael Turner is the only person I can think of in recent history, but that was because he never got the opportunity. He has. I agree with you 100%. People who say he he hasn't had the opportunity, I just laugh because I'm like, what about last year? Like, literally, even recency bias says he had the opportunity, so I don't get it. You know who else was buried behind people on the depth chart, quote-unquote on the depth chart, was David Johnson. He came into the season – as the number three running back. And guess what? By the end of the season, he was far and away outshining them. With the few touches he was getting, he was taking them to the house. McKinnon has had that opportunity over years. All DJ needed to pass two people was a few games. Like, come on, what are we missing? And he's never scored more than five touchdowns in a season either. So if he, even if he didn't catch, touch the ball that often, he could have popped one off. I mean, look at Corey Clement. I mean, there are people that have done these things. It's not like this is an unheard of thing. If that you really, you know, make your impact, get it done. Um, my only then argument with myself, which I'm sure you guys do this too. Uh, I maybe I'm an insane person, but then I say, but then who? Because <laughs> I also don't think it's going to be Matt Breida. I, I don't think that he, you know, he's a small guy too. I don't think he's going to get all those touches. And I'm like, is this where Alfred Morris ends up? I mean, where where do we stop with this analysis? Because someone has to carry the ball. So I guess it's McKinnon. I just don't want to take him in my second round. It just, it's too risky for me. Too risky. Couldn't agree Look more. At- He's like a poor man's Alvin Kamara. I have, four. I have four things to say. One, Alfred Morris recently got signed, I think, yesterday to the Jets. Oh, it so- did go through. Yeah, I think so. So that was something I was going to touch on. I thought that it didn't go through. Okay. I could be wrong. He's still um, an unsigned free agent. Yeah, he's still unsigned. He visited the Jets. He didn't sign. Well, then everything I just said (laughs) is just ignore that. So I only have three things to say. Um, Jarek McKinnon also got replaced by Hall of Famer Matt Asiata for one of those seasons. That's uh, right. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer being, I think he's the only Ho- the only Hawaiian to start and finish a season as the starter. Probably um, the only Hawaiian to have two separate three touchdown games. Also, oh goodness, don't remind me of that. I got a butt kicking in one of those leagues with him facing me. Um, second is, I'll, I mean, third is I'll play devil's advocate right here. So Jarek McKinnon basically profiles uh, – now this is going back, let's see, uh, when was he drafted? Four years ago, I think. 
Anyways, he had like a four four one forty, if I'm not mistaken. He also had a great, you know, did great in the three cone, did great in the vertical and the broad jump, had great burst. And he's he's strong. He had thirty bench press, maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but what I focus on in my dynasty rankings is basically spark score with rookies that come out of college. And that spark score is speed, power, agility, reaction, and quickness. That's what it stands for. Who he comped to most accurately, right now it's Todd Gurley, which I don't think he's Todd Gurley. But skill set-wise and metrics, he comped to LaDainian Tomlinson. LT is one inch taller, and Jarek McKinnon is said to be 215 right now, which would be LT's playing weight. Now, do I think he's LT? No. But don't you think that they have similar skill sets? Yeah, I just think that I also was faster and better in 2014 as a human. I mean, I just feel like at what point does the spark score expire? And I think that needs to be a question because, yeah, I mean, sure, if we were talking about his rookie season and he was in a great situation like he is today, then I'd say, yes, put them those things together. But, you know, four years ago is a long time. Correct. No, you're right. I'm just trying to play the middle here. Oh, yeah. And Kevin White but, also was crazy, right? Like, I mean, that's Kevin why everyone White, thought, you um, know. Who's the other one? There's Christian one Michael, one. like I brought up before, he has like one of the best spark scores ever. I mean, I'm a high. I'm really, really high on the Christian Michael hype train. I think <laughs> I've, goodness. I think I've driven the chain for three years. You can't do it anymore, but, uh, Matt. No, Stop. I jumped out, I jumped out last year. I jumped out last year whenever he just didn't play at all and had a mystery injury for the whole year. That doesn't happen to players that are going to have a bright future. It surprised me whenever the Colts resigned him, really. Um, so, little little tidbit for the listeners and for you guys, if y'all haven't heard. Um, I think this was last week. I might have texted to Lucas or something, but I heard from a friend of mine who reports in the San Francisco area of San Francisco sports that Kyle Juszczyk is rumored to be their goal line back. Would that really surprise anybody? He had the second most targets from Jimmy Garoppolo in the last five weeks of the season. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Wouldn't I mean, surprise me a bit. He's big. You know, he's a – he can play – they signed him to that contract for a reason basically is what I'm saying. And he can play a little running back. Yeah, he's a fullback, but the dude can run. I mean he's arguably the best fullback in the league. I think he has like four seven speed, but – you don't need speed to get three yards on the goal line. You know, you need to be a bruiser, and he's been a bruiser. I think he's 6'1", 248. I mean, what what do you all think about that? Is he even draftable? He's probably the only draftable fullback if you have to choose out of fullbacks. But uh, he- I, I mean, I don't think he got taken in our Scott Fish Bowl, and that was, what, 26 rounds. So, no, I can't really see a league in which he's draftable. But it wouldn't surprise me if the guy has, I don't know, somewhere similar to the same amount of yards as touchdowns this season. So probably like 10 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns. Well, he had the 28th most receptions in the league last year among running backs. Wow. 
<laughs> he was the, he was right there with Jerk uh, with JD McKissick and Andre Ellington and DeAndre Washington, which are not like big names, but he had 33 catches for 315 yards and a touchdown. I mean, 315 yards. Let me see here. That was uh, 19th behind Devonte Freeman, who had 317 receiving yards. That's pretty crazy. Leonard Fournette had less receiving yards than him. I, you know, oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I, and Tevin Coleman. Oh my I mean, goodness. He, he was he was nearly ten yards per reception. So, yeah. I mean, um, obviously, this is in super duper deep leagues. But you know, I, listen, I, I've heard crazier things. And if if McKinnon can't play all sixteen games as a bell cow, they're going to have to get creative. I mean, he he's not right. I mean, he had one hundred and fifty rushes last year, and McKinnon. I mean, granted, he had fifty one receptions. So in a PPR league. Maybe he is worth second round value somewhere, right? If 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 we think that he's going to get sixty or maybe seventy receptions, like that's maybe not too crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Standard, no way I can do it. So you mentioned he had three hundred fifteen yards in his last five games. That's whenever Jimmy G came in. He had one hundred ninety five yards in those last five games, receiving wise. He had. Let's see, like 20 catches, I think, mm-hmm. in those last five games. 20 catches for 195 yards. That's that's pretty good, I mean, for a last pick of your draft. You know, after the last five, last ten picks of your redraft draft, at least, is a dart throw. This is somebody you can definitely get in Dynasty for free. I don't think anybody plays Dynasty and owns a fullback, let's be yeah. real. <laughs> but the upside of a dart throw, I mean – what if he finishes with these catches and then they give him goal line work? I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility? No. So I do think that this is in the deepest of deepest of deepest leagues. I mean, that league where you play with your whole family and you might have 16 teams in it. Maybe he's worth a pick. I think there are worse picks. I agree with you. I mean, Kevin White. <laughs> not a good or, one <laughs> or christine michael i mean yeah. any hype monster basically the ones that are quiet that nobody talks about are the ones that come out of nowhere and you end up hitting on at the end of your draft somehow uh, one guy i'm hoping to hit on in my draft is royce freeman who i think will be you know the impact rookie of the year i think he's going to be the best rookie this year, I've I've kind of put my chips in that, and I'm more of seeing the upside with him. He, of course, has to win his job. Um, definitely, Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis are the top two running backs, arguably, that have the clearest path to production this year. But if Royce Freeman wins this job, I think he's the impact rookie of the year. So we're going to go Brandon and then Lucas. Who is your impact rookie of the year, so say? Ooh! Well, um, yeah, I, it's so hard because obviously Saquon Barkley, you have to take early. It's an Ezekiel Elliott situation where it's like, yeah, okay, of course. Meh. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> but you have to pay for him. Just right. like with Ezekiel Elliott, you know, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have paid for Ezekiel Elliott, but it's not like, you know, A, it was a mystery, and B, you got him at any discount. You had to take him in the first half of the draft, uh, first round, just like you do Saquon Barkley. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the guy. I do think it's probably going to be Ronald Jones. Um, but I guess if I had to, like, dig a little deeper, I see you, you wrote him down 
later. I, I do think Michael Gallup is probably going to end up with the most fantasy points out of rookie wide receivers just because that situation, there's no one else. Yep. Alan Hearns yeah. is not an option. Sorry. No, he, he's, he's, we, JM and I were talking about this in Scott Fishbowl when it was coming up, and he's really not. It's, it's kind of a 1A, 1B situation to start. And Hearns did have the great year a few years ago with Allen Robertson when they both finished as wide receiver ones. I think Hearns did. Maybe he was a, a top end wide receiver two. So he does have the possibility, he has done that before but that was largely based on touchdowns and I think Cole Beasley has a slight bounce back in terms of usage this year and I also think they're going to see an uptick to Rod Smith and there, but there really just is no one else at wide receiver like you said Terrence Williams I mean there's been some talk about him but he he's not going to take the job he's he's not a one Gallup is the only one on that team built for it yeah, I I just don't see. I, also, my problem with Alan Hearns is that he has yet to play 16 games in a season since 2014. He only yep. played 22 games of last time. He hasn't gone over 484 yards or scored more than three touchdowns. So now he's going to have up over a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns. I mean, that's what I consider a wide receiver one. And right. people, you know, and not just in fantasy, but for a team, for a team, you should be at least at least have eight. If you're the number one wide receiver on a team, you should at least have eight touchdowns and, and close to, if not at a thousand yards. And I just have a difficult time believing that. Uh, now, I, do we know for sure that it's going to be Michael Gallup? No, of course not. But I will say that Michael Gallup's strengths are what Dak Prescott wants, which is separation. Dak Prescott hates throwing into coverage, which is why he and Dez butted heads, right? Because Dez is all about being able to win the contested catches. You know, when at the, you know, when it's him one on one with a guy, that's when he really does his best work. Well, Dak is like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have interceptions. I'm very worried, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's what Michael Gallup's there for because he is just all about that huge separation. Um, he's getting first team reps in training camp. He's doing a great job. I just, I think it only goes up from here. I don't understand why people are so hesitant about him. It's really weird to me. It's just people are obsessed with Alan Hearns, which is just a bizarre thing to be obsessed with right now. That has to be the grossest pick of 2018. Alan Hearns. I will never feel comfortable coming out of a draft saying, oh, I'm so excited I drafted Alan Hearns. This makes no. me so happy. There's but Cowboy fans double out digit there. Guys. I mean, you don't have to take them to the double-digit rounds. Right. So, like, I'm not angry if you take Hearns. I'm just personally taking Michael Gallup because I'm an upside person, and I just feel like there's a little more upside there. But, you know, listen, it's a bad situation in Dallas in general. So that's the thing, too. I'm not quite sure I want anyone that's involved with the passing game that much, but I do think that Michael Gallup has the clearest path to being the number one target on his team. So... This is a dynasty show. You know, we have a lot of dynasty and redraft and even IDP and Devi listeners. So you guys have been playing or at least have knowledge of fantasy football or football in general the past four years. There's a guy out there who came into the league, was looked at really as one of the top wide receiver prospects to come out in a while named Justin Blackman. Yeah. Do you get, do y'all uh, both remember this guy? Yeah, he he was a world he was a world beater for Oklahoma State. That right? guy was phenomenal. Who was his quarterback back then? Whedon, I think so. Well, yeah, it was it was Whedon, and because what if I told you? What if I told you that Justin Blackman just came back into the league and he has none of the off field concerns? I, would you he, buy it? Yes. No. 
would would I buy him not having? I would buy him. I would if I had a late round pick. I'm absolutely. I would definitely spend a late round pick just as a lottery ticket for him. And I bring this up because identically, like almost to the T, Michael Gallup matches Justin Blackman and everything. And I'm I'm big in player comps, you know, best comparable player and stuff like that. But Michael Gallup is 6'1", 205. Justin Blackman is 6'1", 207, or was at his playing weight. Their yeah. their arms are literally an inch difference. They're 40 times or 0.2 second, 0.02 seconds of a difference. I mean, they're almost identical. So I looked at that whenever I was looking at the rookies coming into this draft a few months back. And once I saw that, I said, wow, this guy – is off the charts talented more than I'm seeing on film because yeah. this guy, you know, you go watch and go back and watch Justin Blackman's film. He looked like, goodness gracious, that dude could be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Then you look at Michael Gallup, what he did with the UCF. Um, I mean, the Colorado state team this past year. I mean, the dude was phenomenal. The dude was literally looking like he could be the top wide receiver in the NCAA. I mean, you could argue Calvin Ridley or whoever was taken above him in the draft or whoever was talked about in the same conversation. But the dude played as a junior and senior at Colorado State, put up 1,200 yards both both years at least, and had a 14 and a 7 touchdown season. I don't know the reception off the top of my head, but this guy is very talented. And I think that they drafted him and said, look, we want him to be our future guy. And they drafted him and Cedric Wilson because they know Terrence Williams ain't going to be there much longer. Yeah, they got Noah Brown. They got Cole Beasley. But Cole Beasley, I mean, I know he isn't. But in my mind, he's in his high 30s. Because that guy has smiles <laughs> on him. That guy's been in the league for a while, you know, it seems like. Because he's been he's been their guy, really. I mean, he's the most consistent wide receiver for the Cowboys over the past four years. Yeah, I like Michael Gallup's outlook. I really do. His talent is just off the charts. So, real quick, Lucas, who is your impact rookie of the year? Like your your one rookie that you're. This is going to be the guy to get this year. You know, Freeman is. We we talked about this a lot also during Scott Fishbowl and after looking through all these guys, Freeman is that guy because I think that Denver is going to have a bounce back year. I think their defense is going to be pretty solid kind of closer to what we're used to. I don't hate Case Keenum. I know you and I were talking about him being pretty solid college. He's the best quarterback of all time in college. He is the best. Show me a quarterback that's better, and I'll tell you you're lying. But close to Sam Bradford, and people are really disrespecting him too. But I'm a huge Case Keenum girl this year. I'm just waiting in all my drafts to take him. If you're doing redraft, just wait. Take Case Keenum and pair him with Alex Smith or Blake Bortles and call it a day. Take you, can get, you can get Jimmy G late, or if you're a believer in Baker Mayfield at all and his talent, which I love Baker Mayfield, I would love to see him week three against the Jets. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, I would love that. But, um, yeah, Case Keenum I think has a pretty good year. And in turn, I think Freeman has a great year. He's He just has every opportunity, and Booker's not the guy. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. That's kind of why I like Freeman. I think Booker. At one point, I was a fan, you know, but I think he has had the opportunity, similar to Jared McKinnon. Now, naturally, Jared McKinnon's way better than Booker. You know, he's probably on another planet compared to Booker. But 
I don't think Booker's the guy there at all. I think he's just the guy. Um, real quick, Brandon, do you know who's statistically the best quarterback of all time with 19,000 passing yards in college and 155 touchdowns? It's none other than Case Keenum. Case Keenum, yeah. I was going to say Case Keenum. Case Keenum's fantastic. Also, um, reportedly, out of camp, he has yet to throw an interception. He has yet to throw anything that's even like off target. People are like, it's not <sighs> even close. He's just like killing it over there. And everyone's like, wow. And by the way, I want to remind everyone, the only person that had five seasons in a row with over 1,000 yards was Demarius Thomas up to last season. And three of those were with Emmanuel Sanders also getting 1,000 yards. And then two of them was with Eric Decker also getting 1,000 yards. So he plays well with others. These guys, big-time bounce backs too. Uh, I like know, it. I, I said in the preface of the show that I have no problem seeing Case Keenum making – Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, two top 15 guys this year. Yep. I mean, Trevor Simeon did it two years ago, which is crazy, but true. Oh, Trevor Simeon. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> it makes me, makes me shiver. Uh, surprisingly. Disrespected. He's very good. Oh, definitely. Surprisingly, the third quarterback, you know, all time in college is Landry Jones. That kind Man, of he was, I fell out my chair when I read that. I fell out my chair literally when I read that. I thought I was having a heart attack because man, Landry Jones just—you uh, want to talk about bust? Mason Rudolph, here we come. Man, I I watched Landry. I know he set all sorts of records, but watching him in college, my mom went to OU, and so like was raised a sooner raised on OU football. I hated watching Landry play. Uh, he got the stats, but it just hurt me to watch him. His decision-making was poor. Uh, it just blows my mind. Yeah, those are, I don't know, man. It's I'm not going to really talk about Oklahoma because they just had the best quarterback prospect of this year. So I can't really say nothing about their quarterbacks. But that's some people's brand, you know? Baker which, 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 which prospect was that? Uh, Baker. Uh-huh. Do you know, funny enough, their backup, the guy who's going to be starting now for OU, went to my high school. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, The one that just, God, his name is slipping my mind right now, and this doesn't happen. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to get it mid-show, and it's really going to be just, we're going to be talking about um, fourth-round wide receivers that just got drafted and. Some crazy stuff's gonna happen. And I'm gonna go. Oh, it's him. And y'all gonna be like, "What?" Name's gonna pop up for you. <laughs> I mean, man, look, that's some people's brand. You know, some people latch on to the guy you just said, or Baker Mayfield, or Landry Jones. Not just Oklahoma people, of course, but you know, people have their certain guys. So, what I want to do, really, if Michael Gallup is a top 12 wide receiver this year, I'm going to make jerseys that are going to be just Michael Gallup brand and send them out to everybody. I know they like Michael Gallup. I think that's what I'm going to do this year. <laughs> kind of wrote that down on a little note that I just found on my desk as an idea. So I'm just going to voice it out to where I have to do it now. I can't renege on the deal. So who is, you know, y'all, your brand? Basically, that's the guy you're getting everywhere. I mean, mine, as everybody in the show knows, is Lamar Jackson. That's my guy. That's going to be my guy. I think he's a Hall of Famer, you know, and he hadn't even stepped foot on the NFL field. That's just going to be the guy that I basically die by. Jalen Samuels is another guy. 
uh, Marlon Mack, Michael Gallup, Deion Kane, which I'm higher on him than most. I had him at a top, as a top 10 wide receiver prospect coming into the NFL draft. And then one guy that I've been getting specifically this offseason for super cheap, and now his price is inflated way more than it was in the past, but it's Nick Foles because I see him being next year's potentially Kirk Cousins. Might be the quarterback of that free agency if he doesn't re-sign with Philadelphia, which I don't think he does. I mean, he has a lot of teams where he could go to next year. So I, I do think that players like that can be, you know, person-specific. It could be specifically for you. That's your guy. Who are some of the players that that's your brand? Well, I think uh, really the Denver Broncos, and I actually am a born and raised Denver Broncos fan, but I'm usually the pessimist type that almost never has Broncos on my fantasy teams <laughs> because I think we're always going to lose. I'm always just, you know, downtrodden about the whole thing. They're just so cheap this year compared to where they should be. All of them, every single person on that offense. So um, because I am someone who believes that Case Keenum is a decent quarterback at the NFL level, and he was very good last year. I don't think, I think he'll regress a little bit towards the mean um but i think john elway is much better at bringing in quarterbacks than he is at drafting them so i'm going to uh <laughs> decide that this is going to be another good move for them and i just believe in demarius thomas emmanuel sanders i just think that their skills were not diminishing if you watched any of the broncos tape last year it was just a, a complete garbage show um everything else was bad but they were not so i feel fine about that uh i guess i would also say that i I don't understand why people hate Jarvis Landry. I it will forever blow my more. mind. <laughs> yeah. And we don't even know. We, we like. Let's be honest. I'm not even sure Gordon is going to start the season. I'm I'm really nervous I'm sure with what's what's going on with him. Just randomly checks in. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I, don't I know. heard I heard that it was because of the hard knock stuff that they didn't want him kind of in the spotlight. Um, but I don't know. Goodness, I just bought all of my Gordon shares back in Dynasty. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm heartbroken right now. I, I, I was hoping that wouldn't get brought up for the whole show. Oh, yeah. Sorry, no, you, can't, you can't let that slide. Uh, no, I, I feel like um, as a human, I cheer for him a lot more than I do from a fantasy perspective. So I think it's important to divorce those two things from sure. the conversation um, because clearly it's most important that he's okay. But that's number one. In terms of what I'm going to do from a fantasy perspective, um, I just I feel like we put way too much pressure on him to be the same person he also was three to four years ago. Um, and I, I, I have a real problem with that. I had a problem with it last year with Martavis Bryant. I had zero Martavis Bryant in my life. I told everyone I could, do not take this guy. He's still in recovery. This is uh, the idea that, that addiction is just over is not true. Like by any scientific measure of, of addiction. So uh, it's a constant struggle every day. Um, and also with Martavis Bryant, his quarterback was like talking trash about him. He, you know, uh, he was having Twitter wars with his teammates. You know, he was having a tough time adjusting back. And by the way, that's okay. That's part of the, the process of, of recovery. So I thought people put too much pressure on him. And I feel like people do that with Josh Gordon. They think he's going to be this monster. Well, you know, listen, he's working out a lot because he's an addict. By the way, a lot of addicts work out a lot because they're replacing that addiction. 
So um, I, I don't want to be, you know, a armchair psychologist here. I'm just saying for me personally, I'm just diversifying in terms of having some Gordon, some not. But I will have all the Jarvis Landry I possibly can because the guy has the most receptions in history in the first four years of a career ever. That's not a that's not a debate. That's life. And by the way, he was playing with Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, Mr. Moore. I mean, how did he do this? Because this is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, well, the puzzles were really short. Yeah, okay. But I can't believe he caught any at all. Did I? Did you just hear those quarterbacks? It's amazing what he's done. Uh, I'm excited with him, with both Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield. And by the way, those quarterbacks are similar enough in terms of their completion percentage, their lack of turnovers, um, and their use of their feet, that the same playbook can apl- be applied to both of them. So I don't think Jarvis Landry will skip a beat in terms of it being one or the other quarterback, if that's a concern. Me either. Me either. Boom. Boom. I mean, I Boom. I guess I, I – oh, also Jordan <laughs> Howard. I, I don't understand the hate there. The guy averaged 4.1 yards per carry with every single defender in the box on every yep. single play, and we're still acting like he's not a good football player. I don't – get out of here. Okay, so he doesn't catch a lot of passes. Neither does Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, what? why do we pick and choose who we hate who don't catch passes versus other people? I don't get it. it. It it is tough. I think with Howard, the reason there's so much hate for him is that because he had the potential, then there were games where he was putting up five or less points. He had a, several different games where he just basically lost you weeks. And people hold real resentment for losing one or two weeks during a season, and they throw that all on one guy. So I I think that's my guess, my best guess as to why Howard gets so much hate. But how many running backs have that happen? Yeah, it's I don't know. For whatever reason, he just gets stuck with that stigma. I mean, it's like it blows my mind how I mean, we just decide who gets a second chance and who doesn't. And I think specifically the fantasy community hates Jordan Howard to the point of depressing his ADP to where I'm just getting him all over the place. Because yeah. if I can get him in the third round, but I yep. have to take Jarek McKinnon in the second, I just yeah. need to explain yes. that to me. Yes, that is the exact th- – I have that conversation with people all the time. And I have the first pick in several of my leagues this year, so I'm going Gurley. And then on the 2-3 turn, I'm usually getting Howard almost yep. every single time. Almost every single time I'm getting Howard. Sometimes I have Gronk there, but usually I'm going after a, a wide receiver. Uh I don't love the wide receivers around there, so I usually end up pulling Fitz, which is early for a lot of people, but I love Larry Fitz. Or I go T.Y. Hilton or or possibly Baldwin. It just kind of depends on who's there, but there's usually not wide receivers I'm just absolutely in love with there. There's no reason why Jordan Howard can't get 30 catches for uh, 215 yards this year and a touchdown. There's no reason because – Enter in Matt Nagy, who – did everybody see Kareem Hunt last year or was everybody sleeping? <laughs> no, we watched uh, what he did to the Patriots. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that people saw he does use multiple backs at times, but the feature back is going to get passes thrown to him. Yeah, we're going to use Tariq Cohen too, but he's lining up all over the field. They might be on the field at the same time. Good chance, yep. Yeah, and they, Cohen, they should. I mean, yep. right, right. This, I mean, then this they don't be, know if you're going to run or pass. That's, that's kind right. of be an Atlanta Falcons esque offense in a sense to where both running backs can have a, a top eighteen season, 
one being a top 12 guy and the other being uh, the RB 18 or something like that. It's very, very possible, especially, I mean, people look and say, Mr. Trubisky is going to be the breakout quarterback of the year yeah, I don't for know him that. to do that. But for him to do that, or if it's Jimmy G or if it's Kirk cousins, whoever for them to do that, they have to make the people around them do better. They're going to pass to the running back. No matter which running back is in, no matter if it's Latavius Murray, Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, no matter if it's Jerk McKinnon, Matt Breida, Kyle Juszczyk, Jeremy McNichols, I think that's all the running backs on the depth chart for Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's going to do that. Mitch Trubisky is going to pass to Jordan Howard, going to pass to Tariq Cohen. He's going, I mean, he can't just have zero catches or five catches every year. That's just, it's not going to happen. He obviously has talent. I mean, talent. he had 23 catches. It's not like he had zero. I, I I think, listen, is he a good pass catcher? No. It's okay to say that, too. He has bricks for hands. But, but. he's working on it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and he's obviously a hard worker. That's been very clear his entire career. Um, the guy just keeps putting up over 1,000 rushing yards, regardless of how many defenders are in there. I guess for me, I think my brand continues to be the same, which is just that like I just like people who touch the ball a lot, who are on the field a lot, and I think they're the best fantasy options. And I guess sometimes that's controversial. But to me, it's just clear that you know guys like Jarvis Landry and Jordan Howard that people want to poo-poo on because they don't have this flashy side of being able to catch catch a bunch of passes out of the backfield or a uh, you know crazy a dot then whatever fine I'm just about volume and so I'm going to stick with my guys I'm going to stick with the guys that are going to get the volume and if that's not cool that's fine I don't need to be cool and for for everybody out there just give a brief explanation one sentence of what ADOT is in case it went over any of the listeners' heads. Oh, yeah, sure. It's an average depth per target. Um, it's it's used as like a metric for, you know, determining, you know, supposedly, you know. Like dynasty players. But like the problem is, is that, you know, who else is about ADOT? Like this quarterback is Drew Brees, you know, Tom Brady. You know, it's short passes, but guess what? That's what the league is going towards. So I don't really consider it a metric that is actually as predictive as we used to think it was because it's not just about the big plays. It's about volume and especially in PPR leagues. And when you do the little like, you know, tiny passes down the field, you know, we used to make fun of Alex Smith for that. um, Although he was the most accurate passer down the field this last season, like out of the entire league. But let's just say, you know, it was like, oh, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Well, that's that's not what all the good offenses are doing is dink and dunk. And then they're having people do after the catch, which is why we have problems like in Tampa Bay where Mike Evans doesn't even average his height in yards after the catch. Like he's not even like falling forward. So it's hard for them to move the ball sometimes. (laughs) And so it's just, he's 117th out of all the wide receivers. There are only five people worse than him in the national football league. That's insane. So, you know, at a certain point the game has changed and we have to just keep up. You're right. I mean, that's, I started laughing. I had to mute my mic whenever you mentioned Mike Evans. I was literally just thinking of how horrible he is, and uh, <laughs> just looking. But he does get volume. He I gets actually, volume. I do like Mike Evans where he's going right now because he is going late for a guy who's going to get a hundred catches. Definitely, definitely. But uh, not not going too far ahead. Just oh, I kind of got my mind off track. Uh, who's your Who's your brand guy, um, Lucas? 
Real quick. Uh, my brand guy, my guy that I'm getting, that I'm taking everywhere is Alex Collins. Alex Collins is going in the fourth round some drafts, and he, he to me, should be going in the end of the second round. And Jerry McKinnon should be – they should be switched. Jerry McKinnon <laughs> and Alex Collins should be switched to where they're going. But I, I'm going to have him a lot. I agree with you. I mean I've I made it a point whenever I first got back into podcast and then re-upped on the show and said, look, I'm going to mention Lamar Jackson and Alex Collins on every single episode. That's a full-length episode, not the little shorts. But, yeah, there's your mention, Alex Collins. We mentioned Lamar Jackson. There's a reason why they're being mentioned on every show. They're important players this year. I do a surprising stats article. I'm sorry. My dog is barking and my husband's away. I apologize. But I do a surprising stats article for um, Fantasy Alarm. And uh, right now I'm going division by division. And I'm covering every single player that is fantasy relevant. And my Alex Collins stat, I just wanted to give it to you. Alex Collins wasn't the Baltimore, wasn't even on the Baltimore roster in week one. He didn't play in more than 30% of the team's snaps until week eight. And yet Collins finished the season as the 16th highest scoring fantasy running back with 973 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns, 23 catches for 187 additional yards. This is why I like Alex Collins. Where's the hate? Why is he getting so much hate? I don't understand. He was – you know where he was? You know where he was in the preseason? Do you know what team he was playing for? He's playing for the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks, Yep. And I remember just watching – I wasn't watching the game. I was just watching the stats on my phone, and I, and I see this random guy in the preseason who's chunking off eight yards per carry. And then I'm like, is, this, is, this is Seattle Seahawks' new running back. This is him. And I had his name down, and then when later when the draft came around and I was looking at the Seattle running backs, he wasn't on there. And I went crazy for a little while trying to f- figure out what happened to this guy because he just disappeared. And then he pops up for the Ravens. And then I'm just like, and then I picked him up in several leagues at that point because I remember what he did in the preseason for a different team. This is why I like Alex Collins. People don't understand. They say, oh, he did this in a full season. No. No. What you're going to do right now on your phone is click rewind about a minute ago, listen to exactly what Brandon just said. Write that crap down and use it in every argument for Alex Collins because he is the man. He's Marshawn Lynch 2.0 in my eyes. I mean, he's the Irish dancer. He's the Irish dancer. That's right. He does a little jig. <sighs> Come on, people. Get with the program. Just like Andrew Luck is getting with the program. How y'all like that little ease into Andrew Luck? He's practicing and looking great. Where are you guys drafting him? Ooh, I'm still nervous, Brandon. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think you don't want us to say this right now. I feel bad because I too am nervous. I, I need yeah. to see him get hit, and I, I know that sounds terrible. Um, but I remember the moment actually when um Peyton Manning first got hit. Yeah, and I felt better. You know, when he came back from that back surgery and neck surgery, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, this can happen. So. Yeah, I'm I mean, just, I, I that's what I need to say. I also think that yeah. this is a very long time to not throw football and then be an elite fantasy option. A lot of correct, pressure. correct, very correct. That's I mean, this is the answer I actually wanted because I'm not really drafting him because of, especially not in the few redraft leagues that I do. I'm not drafting him because the name still holds value, and he's just. I mean, his value is being 
uplifted so much because of the training camp hype. And we talked about this in the preface of the show. You don't want to just focus on the training camp hype. That's not something that you have to do. The The training camp hype is poison to everybody. That's what makes you lose leagues. So you're going to see Andrew Luck's ADP fluctuate, especially in redraft leagues. In dynasty leagues, even in super flex leagues, I'm getting him in round 11 and 13. I'm yeah. buying him, you know, in round 13. Whether it's a shot in the dark, whether he never plays again, the upside is tremendous in round 13, especially in a super flex. He's going after quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, who's Ooh, he's played I'm one game. A, I'm a, I, I'm staying away from Mahomes. Uh, I year. mean, that, they that's have the point, though. You see, have, you got Mahomes yeah, who right. played one game. Well, I, I like Mahomes two years. I think he's decent. But they have one of the most difficult strength of schedules for a quarterback and wide receivers. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I'm just real, real nervous. And I have never liked Sammy Watkins. I think I think he's just brittle. So that doesn't do much for me there. Like Kelsey and you know Tyreek Hill's magnificent when he gets the ball in his hand. But uh, Luck, I'm I mean, kind of staying away from because he's going at the A12 right now. Luck is that's where his ADP is. So, it's moved up yesterday. Literally yesterday on Fantasy Football Calculator, it was round ten that I saw. So, it's literally moving up as we speak right now. Mm-hmm. The one player that I mean, you mentioned the the wide receivers and stuff for the Chiefs. I'm staying away from Tyreek Hill. I think he's the most overvalued wide receiver that I've seen this year. Yeah, he's going to have huge plays, but he either has huge plays or he gives you not that good at all. I think Sammy Watkins, I mean, and I could be biased because I do think Sammy Watkins is, he's really a player. You know, he is a baller. He can ball hard. Yeah, he's. Unless he plays against shutdown corners. (laughs) Okay. No, he's got a real problem with that. I mean, you can actually, he's a great person to stream um, because you play him when he's not playing a top corner and you don't play him when he is because if he is he will get one catch for like four yards it's bad Uh, and that's the thing with the chiefs he has tyreek hill who's going to take the attention of the top corners tyreek hill is going to get the best corner and then get a shadow coverage from the safety uh interesting fact really only a fourth of the nfl actually uses shadow coverage but whenever the chiefs play half of the time they use shadow coverage. Defenses use shadow coverage on Tyreek Hill, yep. which is it's kind of a weird little fact. I kind of had to research and stuff. Think, but Sammy Watkins is going to be playing in the Z spot, you know, as the secondary wide receiver. That's what we're presuming, at least. I don't think Tyreek Hill is by as an elite starting number one receiver for a team. I don't think. I think he's kind of a just a speed guy, not a, not necessarily a one trick pony, but I don't think he has just all the tools to be that guy for an offense. I do think that Sammy Watkins is, but Sammy Watkins does carry the risk. Sammy Watkins is also getting lower and lower in ADP. I've been kind of watching it over the past three weeks. He's dropped a round or two. And if it stays like this to where it's kind of dropping a round or two by the time in August when it rolls around in redraft, I think the value is going to be there to take that shot on Sammy Watkins. I'm not a Sammy girl. I don't know. I'm probably your least favorite person now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no it's he, totally. He's been very touchdown dependent. 
um, you know, in terms of his productivity, you know, in Buffalo, uh, you know, two years ago, he just had 430 yards and two touchdowns, and it was really tragic. It was only in eight games, but still it wasn't close to what anyone was hoping. Played 15 games last year, 39 catches. Only 593 yards on the highest scoring, one of the highest scoring offenses in the National Football League. I think they dropped down in the last couple of weeks, but uh, it was his eight touchdowns that really buoyed him. I do not think that he scores eight touchdowns this year. I don't think that's even within the realm of possibilities. And I understand that a lot of people are Patrick Mahomes groupies, but there are a lot of good corners in that division. They have a tough schedule. Um, so what what does he do then? And just, you know, in terms of actual metrics in the National Football League and not just a spark score, because, again, Sammy's been in the league for four years. He's young. He's only 25, so don't get me wrong. But um, Tyreek Hill's been more productive, more efficient, more of everything. Uh, so I I just wonder if they're going to use Sammy every week because a lot of people love him. You know, I feel like I'm I'm always dubious about Sammy's um, ADP numbers because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like all of my leagues, he goes way earlier than the ADP numbers that we get told. And I'm like, am I just drafting with crazy people or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel I mean, like there's a group in every in every draft. There right? are. There's yeah. There are absolutely. Lamar Miller's another one for me. Like he's going to go in this probably the third round in some of my leagues. People just absolutely love Lamar Miller. I'll take Deonta Foreman in like the twelfth round and sit on him until he becomes a starter. See, I I love Lamar Miller right now where he's going. He's going in the fifth round. Uh, Foreman just worries me because of his injury. You know that's a tough injury to come back from. It is. It is. But they'll just give him time. And, and would you basically right now? It's like. You mentioned Lamar Miller. I look at Sony Michelle was being drafted and Mark Ingram is being drafted. And like the three, four picks of Lamar Miller. I'd rather Lamar Miller over those two just because of the questions. And I don't want to wait on Mark Ingram necessarily. Right there, I want somebody who's going to start week one. I, I think I'd rather take Ingram because that's – I'm planning on making it to the playoffs. And I'd rather have Mark Ingram in the playoffs than Lamar Miller. That's, I mean, that's very understandable. Uh, going to Sammy Watkins again, the players that are being drafted, he's, I think, in the back end of the sixth round right now. He was in the fifth two weeks ago, which was insane because I'm not taking him in the fifth round. That's gross. Right now, he's going around Julian Edelman and Will Fuller. Those are the two wide receivers that are basically a pick above, a pick lower than him. I'd take Sammy Watkins over Julian Edelman, definitely, and over Will Fuller. It's it's more of the whenever – I don't know. You see, Emmanuel Sanders is going well, here, here's two five for picks you. after him. And yeah, I would so, stick with Emmanuel Sanders and Jameson Crowder over Sammy Watkins. So it's more yep. of a – it's more of a risk-reward thing. You know, what do you want? You know, the upside is there. It's always been there with Sammy Watkins, similar to how it's always been there with Devontae Parker. My goodness. I can't believe I just said that. But Sammy Watkins, I, I do think it's it's very visible that, you know, you can definitely say he has a chance to be their best receiver this year. But, yeah, I'm trying to play devil's advocate on some of these but it's hard, you know. It's I very just don't hard to see him playing play. the whole season and being effective. And then you have guys like Jarvis Landry that are going right after him, or even Michael Crabtree, who's going in the seventh round. Everyone sleeps on Michael. Everyone yeah. sleeps on Michael. I've been a Raiders fan since we drafted 
since before we drafted Jamarcus Russell, so you know what I've struggled through. We should have never left Michael Crabtree like we did. I yeah. mean, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> at, least the, at least the Chiefs gave you uh, Rich Gannon. Come on, get out of here. Get, get out of here. Don't. I can't mention the Chiefs and the Raiders without getting frustrated because it's enough I just had to talk about the Chiefs. I was kind of just like trying to uh, – look, I like Rich Gannon. Know who I do like? I like Derek Carr. Yeah. He is my Konami Cold player this year. Uh, not necessarily the – you know, he's my personal cheat code basically. As in, he's not being drafted as high as he should be, I think. And he can't, he played last year with a basically a broken back, people. He basically played with uh, – I mean, it was not basically. It was literally a fracture in his spine. Yep, two two seasons ago. Yeah, and then he had to play all last season. He was he was a top what six quarterback when he went down. Is that yeah, right? I think he, he was threw, top five uh, or top six. One of the past years, he had thirty plus touchdowns. Now the yards aren't there, but the touchdowns are. And with if we if the Raiders have Marshawn Lynch running like he's running, if Jordy is, you know, what I, what I think he'll be as good as advertised. Well, right now. He's shown out in camp, and it's just camp. We know it's just camp. But if he's like that, and if, let's say, Martavis Bryant ain't suspended, and he's available for most of the season, I mean, we they have Jared Cook. So we have to look at this, basically, as Brandon said earlier in the show, landing spot. But not just landing spot, opportunity. He has all of the weapons to succeed. We know... Gruden, as much as I question his decisions, he wants to work with Carr and make Carr the best quarterback he can be. And Gruden has done well with quarterbacks in the past. He hasn't done good with running backs in the past. Quarterbacks and wide receivers on his fantasy seasons have been in the top half, most if not all. So who – I've said my personal cheat code. Now, I'm not trying to argue with you all on this. This is your time to shine. So give me your personal cheat code, your Konami code player, who you're getting, and everybody else is low on. Brandon, go ahead. Paul Richardson. Uh, As I said, uh, you know, Alex Smith's accuracy down the field was on point last season. I think that he is going to mesh well with the other Gruden, the East Coast Gruden, as you will, <laughs> as it were. Uh, and uh, Paul Richardson is there, and he can develop just as much of a chemistry with Alex Smith as any of the other wide receivers, because Alex Smith doesn't have chemistry with anyone there right now, other than Vernon Davis, who also is a very late sleeper in my opinion. Um, but I think that Paul Richardson, last year, everyone poo-pooed him, and I was like, oh, but I love Tyler Lockett. And what did Paul Richardson do? Up until his injury he was outscoring him every single week in fantasy he has yep. those big plays uh he has that talent does he have injury sh- issues yes he does so you do have to have backups but you can get him in the 12th round or later so who cares okay he's gonna miss a couple games he's my wide receiver six i got him everywhere i like it i love it he's gonna oh goodness he's gonna win me some games in best ball I promise you that that's right. Best ball is delicious. Oh, my goodness. I, I love it. I, I really like stacking. I'm kind of getting off track here, but I, I really like stacking 
Doxon and Paul Richardson because you could get them both late. And you don't have to pay up for the Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder's going, I think, in the seventh round right now in redraft. Um, I, I like stacking those wide receivers because you know, especially in baseball, and we never talk about baseball on the show, but especially in baseball, a good strategy is to stack two wide receivers. You know, one of them is going to be the wide receiver too. One of those weeks for that team, they're going to score, they're going to produce. Baseball basically takes the best players on your team and uses them that week. So, just a little, little interesting little hint right there for your drafts, best ball drafts, Paul Richardson, and in redrafts, and in Dynasty. If you don't have Paul Richardson, he's not going to cost you much. I mean, he probably has the same price as Tyler Lockett. Trade Tyler Lockett for Paul Richardson. Oh my goodness, that is the smartest move you can make. How about you, Lucas? Who's your guy? So... I have several of them here, but I think the one that everyone is sleeping on, and he is just so far down the draft board, it blows my mind, is Chris Thompson. He's going as the 105th overall pick, and he was a top six running back before he broke his leg. I know he's coming back from that. Reports were pretty good, and then there was a mixed one about him coming back in his seven-on-seven drills, but the guy was a top six running back, and I like guys, but... You're just going to sleep on Thompson like there wasn't competition there for touches last season? That was a loaded back. They had a lot of people trying to get the ball. I'm owning Chris Thompson in a lot of places. He's still going to have a productive season this year. Uh, Really, I expect him to start off slow week one, two, and three. But, man, we saw last year, once he gets in that groove, oh, goodness, that guy – he can ball, and he can ball for the best of them. Another guy that's a cheat code for me this year is Rex Burkhead. I'm taking advantage of all the rookie hype surrounding Sony Michelle. I'm getting Rex Burkhead where I can because I think he wins the goal line role, actually. And it's weird to say that, but I do like him in that goal line role, and I would not be surprised if Jeremy Hill and Gillisley are both off that depth chart whenever the season opens. I like Burkhead, too. Yep. So, so does Belichick. <laughs> and I have a real problem with Sonny Michelle's turnovers. I'm very worried that he fumbles week one and we have a problem on our hands. Did he had a massive fumbled? Fumbling problem. Did huh? you see he fumbled in in camp two yeah. days ago? He yeah. fumbled in a drill and <laughs> Belichick made him do laps around the field. They know it's a problem. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Which, I, just th- I just don't understand why they took him and not Lamar Jackson. The Patriots passed on Lamar Jackson not once but twice. Look, you have so many needs per team, and their need was not running back in the first round. They could have got Royce Freeman. They could have got Carryon uh, Johnson, right? Carryon Johnson, yeah. was he, he was a second-round pick, correct? Um, they could have got Geis. They could have got Darius Geis. There. Well, but but Geis has a personality, so we can't have him on our football team. Gronk has, <laughs> has the biggest personality yeah. with all his, all his, I don't know. But sticking on Chris Thompson, before I get overly frustrated at this Patriots and, oh goodness. Anyways, mentioning again, for those of you who didn't hear it previous in the show, the highest carry rates versus five or more defensive backs in 2017 alone 
Shane Vereen was number one, which I expect him to be a non-factor this year, so I'm not even going to mention the rest. Chris Thompson was number two, 81.2%. So that also means that he was on the field at a receiver spot part of the time. 81% of his carries were against fronts on the defense that had five or more DBs. Then it goes James White, who will be a factor in New England. Keep that in mind. Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara wrapping it off at fifth. Alvin Kamara running out of the backfield 67.5% of the time was facing five or more defensive backs. That's saying a lot. Jerry McKinnon's on this list too. So you have to keep little facts like this. They're little hidden diamonds, like a diamond in the rough. You hear the saying, these are things that are going to help you choose. Hey, look, this guy did so good last year because of who he faced, blah, blah, blah. Jordan Howard faced stacked boxes and still produced, while Jarek McKinnon faced a bunch of defensive backs and produced. Well, who are you going to take? Jordan Howard? Jarek McKinnon? There you go. Very easy. Facts like this is what you can find in our draft kit we have coming out. You heard the promo at the beginning of the show. We have a draft kit coming out very, very soon. Uh, I've been working on it personally for six months. And I got with Sleeper Wire, we got the whole team in on it. Everybody you hear, even some outside sources. We have Dynasty Trade Calculator, Fantasy Football Calculator. We have little little groups that I trust, you know, their information. I trust the ADP. I trust the, the Dynasty advice from DTC. We even have um, all kinds of analysts. I mean, this is... I was going to read you the list right here, but why am I going to do that whenever you're going to buy the kit? I shouldn't even have to read it. I know you're all waiting for it. I know I get messages every single day. Hey, when's the kit coming out? Hey, is it too late to buy the kit? No, it's not too late. You can buy this in the middle of the season if you want. Shit, I'll even drop the price for you. Give it to you half off just because I love you guys and girls as listeners. So contact me if you need details on how to buy um, just got Leo Pasiga in the kit. Very, very nice guy right there. Knows his stuff. Uh, he's the creator of the Dynasty Notebooks, where he basically journals every single member in every single league and follows their tendencies. Very interesting stuff right there. He'll be on the show later on. He's a great value, and the draft kit is a great value. Sammy Watkins, Charles Clay, Michael Gallup, and Royce Freeman are great values to me, too. Who's the great values to you guys right here? Lucas, let's start with you. Hello out there to all the Dynasty Wire listeners. I know this is an unfamiliar voice for you all, so I will give a brief introduction. My name is Matt, and I am the new producer slash editor for this year's podcast. We're going to leave this first half of this podcast with guests Brandon Lee and Lucas on a bit of a cliffhanger, so make sure you tune back in for the next episode that is packed full of quick lightning round advice and tips from these Dynasty Minds. Thanks for tuning in and listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Alex Collins.